press play. Curtain up an hour in. It's time to take spin. The shade and tea to spill. Ooh, Ooh drama. drama. Oh, that's a tweet. Did they book? Who got nom? They option no. Oh, I'm not well. What, what star, star will we, we talk to today? Oh, that's a gag, honey. Say no more. Drama. Drama. Welcome to Drama, a podcast that covers theater, pop culture, love, and life in New New York City. City. It's so funny doing this on Zoom now, like trying to time up. I know. I I doubt it was even close to being in sync. Um, But anyway, I'm Connor McDowell. And I'm Dylan McDowell. And we are back again with interviews on drama. It's been about a six-week break since we've had the chance to chat with some of our thrilling, sizzling special guests. But today's is a gag, and I think everyone is going to be so excited. But before we get to that, we definitely have just some catching up to do. I know. We just dive right into everything. Um, I have something fun to share, but I'll save it till later, because it's like top of mind that I'll like jump into in a second. But Dylan. Okay, awesome. What is going on? What's the tea spell? Yeah, so I wanted to talk about how I have been sort of like staying sane during this period and a strange observation that I've made. So, you know, all year long, I pride myself on being a reader and loving to read, although I maybe read like four books a year. <laughs> but I've already read five during this quarantine. Wait, and what? I know. And they're I've never all seen like, you reading. Oh, well, I'm, I'm just telling kidding. the truth, I'm I promise. Kidding. I've seen you reading. Um, and it's just like an hour before bed each night I'll read, or I've been finding myself like carrying a book around. Like, do I think I'm Belle or something like that? You're like, literally walking through the city. You're Belle. Um, a dream I've often had. Does she have a last name? I was, no. gonna, I was like, you're Belle. I don't think, do any of the princesses have last names? No. No, they don't. That's, that's kind of anyone weird. can be them. I think that's the point. Oh, okay. I mm-hmm. like that. Okay, so, but I found an observation among all of the the books that I've been reading is that they're all nonfiction. Oh. And I think it's because I'm I'm longing for the world we left behind, and it's like the semblance of that reality that has passed me by. Drama. I think that's right? why I think that's why I have been watching like only reality TV. Right. That's I know not- you're you're Bravo binging throughout this this time. <laughs> Fully. But that's a really interesting observation. Which books have you been, have you been reading? Which ones? Well, they're mostly memoirs. So I did um, Patti LuPone, a memoir. But I read it, and everyone tells me you need to listen to it because <laughs> her voice is just so inimitable, which I'll have to do. She, want to talk about, like, spilling tea. She holds nothing back. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the Patti you know and love, and I want, a, like, the sequel to it because it ends with the closing night of Gypsy. Oh. Yes. So there's been, you know, a decade plus since then. How and long did Gypsy run after she won the Tony? Um, about, well, I think it ran until the following January or February or March, like something, okay. something around there. She stayed Ooh, with the show okay. the whole run, um, as she had to. Oh, of and, course. And then I read Amy Poehler's book and I documented on the podcast, I read Anna Kendrick's book. That's um, right. <laughs> That's very right. strange. And then I read a book about River Phoenix. Oh, beautiful cautionary tale. Just, it was so good. And then I am right now reading Hal Prince's book, Sense of Occasion. And it is a page turner, like so good. And it's interesting because he had written a book in 1974 and he now like took that text and is commenting on 
it from a 2017 lens and then continuing on from his career in 1974 onwards. It's fascinating. I love um, that. He's brilliant. And he, he's very self-aware too, which is great. Dylan, we need to get into it. I know. I'm, I've been rambling for I'm too shaking. long. We need to welcome our guest today. All um, right. Connor, why don't you bring her in? A twist. I will read the intro yes, for once, I love it. once in my life. All right. Our guest today is a part of the theater canon forever with her historic Tony Award win last year for Best Featured Actress in a Musical. I'm shaking. Okay, she burst onto the scene and into our hearts in the second season of The Glee Project on Oxygen, which, oh my God, we will talk about, finishing as the runner-up and subsequently appearing on the iconic flagship series Glee. Her television career is honestly so expansive and includes recurring roles on 10 Days in the Valley on ABC, Faking It on MTV, and City Boys, as well as appearances on BoJack Horseman, Charmed, Instinct, Drunk History, Lethal Weapon, Blue Bloods, and much more. She also made history as the first actress in a wheelchair to appear on Broadway when she originated the role of Anna in Def West's acclaimed 2015 revival of, you guessed it, Spring Awakening. Her star continued to shine with her critically acclaimed performance as Ada Annie in Daniel Fish's reimagined Broadway revival of Rodgers and Hammerstein's Oklahoma, for which she won that aforementioned Tony, as well as the Drama Desk Award. She's an advocate, a humanitarian, queen, and a superstar. Please welcome to Drama, Allie Allie Stroker. Thank you so much. Thank you. That was such a nice intro. You have done so many things. Allie, you are you're so amazing. Thank you, guys. I think you're amazing, and I love this podcast. Ah, well, thank you for coming on Drama. Allie, have, how are you? Are you well? I am really well. Uh, I, you know, began my sheltering in place um, almost three, uh, two, March, April, two months ago, exactly. And, um, and it's been a wild ride, but I feel very, very fortunate. I am healthy and I am with my boyfriend and we are out of New York city. We are in Cape Cod, um, at a beautiful house. Oh, nice. So things, Things are well, and of course, all of the things with staying home for this long have come into my life, like, you know, feeling completely stir-crazy and feeling kind of loopy and not really sure what day it is, but I'm good. I'm really, really good, and most importantly, I'm healthy, and my loved ones are healthy. That's fantastic. I'm so glad that you're, like, in Cape Cod, of of all places to be. Seriously, seriously. I mean, I actually don't have any connection to Cape Cod. <laughs> okay, than, I was going to ask. Yeah, um, my my one of my dad's best friends has a home here, and it's their second home, and it was empty. And so when they found out that I was in New York, they were like, "If Allie and David want to come out to the house, they can stay as long as they <sighs> want." So it was generous. I know, so generous and so kind, and it's been really, really nice to be um, out of New York. Yes, we we fled New York as well. Like right when Broadway shut down that weekend, we today I was sent home from work. So it's been like two months for us Mm -hmm. as well. Yeah, but we're in Cleveland, Ohio. Amazing! I know Cleveland. I did a show at Cleveland Playhouse. Oh my goodness. 
two years ago, right around this time. And it was when I found out that I got Oklahoma at St. Anne's Warehouse. Oh, that gives I me chills. Was, yeah, I was, uh, I did Spelling Bee and I was there and I'll, I'll tell you, well, there's kind of a story behind it. Yeah, about, yeah, please. Okay, so I was in Cleveland rehearsing for Spelling Bee and I had my first audition for Oklahoma two weeks before I left for the show. Okay. One week into rehearsal, I find out I'm called back at Telsey for Oklahoma for 808. So my managers get me out of rehearsal for a day in Cleveland to fly home to New York and fly back in one day. As you guys know, the weather in <laughs> Cleveland can be snowing in the morning and sunny in the afternoon. So my boyfriend had come out to visit me and we were traveling back to New York that day for my audition. It was early in the morning. We get on the plane. We're about to take off. And all of a sudden, it starts blizzarding. <gasps> of course. Of course. I'm like, oh, okay, maybe it's just Cleveland. Turns out they come on the the you know intercom and they're like, unfortunately, LaGuardia is no longer receiving flights. Um, this flight is canceled. And I was so mad. And you were already so, on the flight. I was. We were on the runway. I was oh my so God. close. I was so close. So we um, we end up, you know, going back to the airport, and I was so frustrated. And I get on the phone with my reps, and I'm like, "What do I do? I don't know what to do." And they're like, "Are there other flights?" I'm like, "I don't know, but like this has been so insane, and I have to fly back tonight. Like this is crazy." So um, I find out that the flights are delayed to New York because of weather. So I go back to my um, extended stay <laughs> in downtown Cleveland. Of course. And by coincidence, my boyfriend had just bought a camera that we were talking about doing a web series on. So it was like a nice camera. And he shot my audition for my callback for Oklahoma. We sent it in that night. Oh my and God. Later, I found out I got it. Oh my goodness. Yeah. In so Cleveland. Any, that's <laughs> Right. And anytime, this is like for anybody listening, when you are like fed up with self tapes and you're like, these don't work, these are not a thing. <laughs> here is your story to keep you hopeful that they can work and they did work for me because I always made a self tape and I was like, this, <laughs> this is such a waste of time. I would always tell myself. And then here it worked. So anyway, that's my Cleveland. I love forever, that. Forever Cleveland in my heart story. Were you at the extended stay the whole time you did Spelling Bee? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I would imagine you were there. probably Olive in Spelling Bee. I was. Oh, I, was I wish I could have seen it. Oh, thank you. It wasn't actually the first time I played Olive before I played it oh my at um, Paper Mill Playhouse. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, which... Um, which was a, sort of like a dream place for me to work because I did their summer program Aww. when I was in high school. Oh, how fun. Yeah. So like long time connection to Paper Mill. I love, I love that theater so much and the people that run it are just like family. Oh, that's so special. Wait, speaking of self tapes, do you remember, and this like ties into Glee. Do you remember okay. when they, I think it was in between the first and second season, they had like, said that like, you can submit a video to be on Glee and everyone was uploading them to MySpace. <gasps> That's what I did. 
Are you? That's, that's how you auditioned for Glee. Yes, <laughs> I cannot believe you're saying this. I did. That's how I auditioned for Glee. Project. So and, wait, and didn't you have to pick like you had to pick like a few songs, right? It was like you could do like True Colors or Can't. You did True Colors. <laughs> that's what I did. Or like every rose has its thorn or like something along those lines. Literally like the most hilarious uh-huh. pop songs ever. <laughs> and I, I went down to the lobby of my West Hollywood apartment and I, because, because it was like super echoey and I did the audition in the lobby. You with have like a hotel thing <laughs> going on here with your, with your self tapes and hotels. Oh my, so you <laughs> sang exactly, True Colors? Exactly. But that's so funny. I can't, you know, I've never watched it. I, I, I hope that our listeners aren't like, oh my God, they're like pretending they didn't know this research, but I truly didn't know. We watched every video of you out it. there before this, but I certainly did not come across that. Dylan's like, Dylan's like on YouTube right now, like mm-hmm. Allie you know, Project. <laughs> I mean, Glee was huge for us. We were, I think, 15 when it you know, humble brag. We were 15 when it came out or something. Like, so we were in high school when they were in high school. So it felt very like, oh my gosh, like this is like meant for us, made for us. And we were like obsessed with Broadway. So of course seeing some like Matthew Morrison and Leah Michelle on there. And we were just like, oh my God, this is, this is perfect. This is crazy. Yeah. We were like, we took such ownership. This is for us. This is ours. (laughs) That's how I felt. Uh huh. Oh, I can imagine. I felt that. I mean, I felt that because there, I had never seen a character in a wheelchair in that, like in that arena, like musical theater. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it like rocked my world. I was like, holy shit, this is a world that I fit perfectly into. And I was so used to having to like create a scenario or the world mm-hmm. for, for like, like to, to invent it myself. And this was something that was already invented. So I was so inspired. And when I graduated from NYU, it was 2009, which was like the yes. Wednesday like blew up. And I moved to LA. And girl, because I wanted to be. You did it. <laughs> that is just. <laughs> Do you like? <laughs> kind of. Well, kind of. I mean, at first, no, because I auditioned for Robert Ulrich and UDK, the casting office. I went in there for a general when I got out there, oh. and they put me on tape. I went in. Not uh-huh. to like audition for Glee, but of course, in the back of my mind, I'm like, I'm here for Glee. Mm-hmm. And, well, yeah, of course. <laughs> and they put me on tape singing, and they were like, oh my God, we have to get this to Ryan. And I was like, oh my God, this is my way in. I didn't hear anything. Nothing happened. And it wasn't until like a year and a half later, and I was doing Spelling Bee at Paper Mill Playhouse. I'd come home to New York to do the show. They called. They were like, we want you to come to the callbacks for Glee Project Season 1. And you guys, I'm in opening weekend. Oh, of course. So I'm like, I'm not, I'm, I am, I would never leave a show mm-hmm. to go to like a callback. And especially at the time I was like, that's a reality TV show. Right. You know, I had all these like judgments about it. And so I didn't do it. I didn't do, I didn't do, I didn't go to the season one callbacks. And then, in, I mean, season one. So then when season two came around, I auditioned and ended up getting on the show. I love, and you know, season two, in my opinion, is 
way better than season one. We were stands of the Glee Project. We would watch it at our friend's house and then like DVR it at home. And then the next day when we'd get home from like summer theater rehearsal or whatever we were doing, we would watch it again. And so like we, (laughs) I mean, and you, of course, we always were, you were always our favorite throughout that whole season. And Uh I also like had a really soft spot for Lily. Lily's one of my... Like fan, she's like sister to me. She's oh my like god, Hear, hearing friend. that makes my heart. Oh my swell. god! Oh, and Lily's from the Cape. Oh no, that's so funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I texted her and I was like, "You won't believe where I am." She's like, "You gotta go here. You gotta go there." And you're like, "Cool." Once it reopens, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh my god, I feel like I have so many questions about the Glee Project because it it felt like the right time and the right concept for a show like that, to be honest with you. And I wonder, I don't know like if it got a lot of viewers or not, but I, I do remember that not everybody we knew was watching it. Like maybe it was because it was on oxygen or whatever, because Glee was the biggest show for those, probably those first three, you know, three years it was on. Um, I mean, and of course, and it stayed on for another, another, another three. three. Mm-hmm. Glee project was the sort of like strange step like stepsister of Glee and and everybody who was on the show glee loved the glee project like they were so they were in full support of it and but you know of course doing it everyone was like we're all watching we're mm-hmm. watching but i remember like you know not everybody had oxygen not everybody like knew what it was however in brazil everyone knows Shout out to Brazil. That is so funny. I'm not kidding you. There are so many, and I think Glee fans too, but there were so many Brazilian fans of the Glee Project. And I was sort of like, wait, what? But it was true. It was like huge numbers. So when all of the world reopens, you will be selling out (laughs) dates in Brazil of your Lincoln Center concert in Brazil because they are there and they are ready. Yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> there was two things about the Glee Project, two specific moments that Dylan and I, we honestly still talk about that were just so iconic. Okay, the first one I'll mention is the, I think it was the season trailer promo video of the entire cast doing Edge of Glory. Of course. <laughs> Dude, it is so iconic, Allie. Like, we actually pulled it up last week to watch it again. It's probably, it, it's been years mm-hmm. since we'd watched it, but... Everybody sounds amazing. Okay, here's here is the secret about Edge of Glory. We shot a version of it, and then they had to like reshoot it, like parts of it, like later on. I don't remember what happened. So like part of the video was shot at a certain time, (laughs) and then another part was shot at another time. No, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. What happened was it was shot after the finale. Oh. So Wait, everyone, then they probably didn't have Taryn because she left the show. That's right. And oh, my everyone, God. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And every, but they couldn't show, they couldn't reveal that. Anyway, there was just like, Got there was it. a lot. <laughs> of course, it's a, it's a reality TV yeah, show. Of course. Lots yeah. of, you named it, drama. Uh-huh. And, That's right. Uh, and, and, but I had the best experience on the Glee Project because you guys were saying like it sort of came at this amazing time. I think it was also when like social media was exploding. Yes, it was certainly. But it was also for me, like it was this break 
for me in my career because I was able to also share my personal story. And there was so much curiosity about not just me as an actor, but like, what's the deal? Why is she in a wheelchair? Right. And so I was able to share that. And I was also able to kind of set the tone that like, I'm in a chair, but like, like, don't think that that is something that's like in my way. Mm-hmm. And so, and so I, I, it was just this perfect opportunity. Plus Glee was like a world that I felt like was made for me uh-huh. as millions of other people. Felt. Oh yeah. <laughs> but it was just amazing. And, and so, and I met just like the greatest people. And anyway, I, I still like have the best memories of it. I love that. Well, I remember you really made, um, you won the challenge, the eye of the tiger week. <laughs> and that was like a breakout moment for you as well. Oh yeah, well, the, the like the the competition was like, how long can you stay in the game? And I was mm-hmm. like, bring it, you guys uh-huh. have no idea uh-huh. the kind of shit that I have been through. <laughs> I'm like, this is the girl that was in physical therapy when she was three years old, doing like dips and pull ups and like pushing my wheelchair at four years old. Like oh, I yeah. was like any physical challenge, <laughs> like bring it. Well, you I have like, good. you have amazing arms because when you won the Tony and you hoisted it over your head, <laughs> I, was, I was just like, that can't be light. Like no one's ever done that. I've never seen well, someone do that. I did that. Audra didn't do that. Well, I did that. And then I was like, oh my God, is my dress still on? <laughs> Oh, you're gorgeous. <laughs> I'm actually kind of wearing a similar color to that. The, that like, color <laughs> daffodil that color. Pale, yeah, mm-hmm. that pale yellow. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, I loved it. your dress. Thank you. Oh, my God. But wait, really quick. Last thing about the Glee Project before we move on to your, you know, history-making time on Oklahoma. Um, I have a moment I want to bring up from Glee Project. The music video you guys made for Perfect, the pink song. Oh, oh, the yes. trailer for, like, a, it was like a movie. Okay, I cannot find... It's no. anywhere on nowhere. YouTube. We certainly like, scoured the last week. I couldn't find it. I couldn't Mm-mm. find it. So I only like remember parts of what it was. Mm-hmm. But I, I remember that. that. Oh my God. Well, there was this iconic moment where you're like on the bridge. Wait, was with that Lily, with Lily? With Lily. And she's like, and she's I'm like, sorry. You were perfect. <laughs> she's like, you were perfect. And Allie, you just look at her and you go, I still am. <laughs> And I'm like sobbing mm-hmm. at like 15 years. I'm like, help. You guys, Unbelievable. I'm obsessed. That's history. I'm obsessed with your knowledge. <laughs> oh, um, it's scary. <laughs> the details of the Glee Project. Um, it's like literally bringing so much joy to my joy to my heart. But yes, that was a really that was a really exciting week because it was like something that they were like scripting, which was like a new thing mm-hmm. for us. Normally, we're just like singing the songs, and there was sort of this like, like sort of general story but this sure, one was right. like there's a story and you're gonna be acting and it was like the acting challenge and like uh-huh. and anyway long story short I definitely remember that moment I also remember like waiting for like a line that Lily was supposed to feed me she didn't and like there was like all this <laughs> anyway <laughs> Anyway, I I am obsessed with the fact that you guys remember all of it. It was formative. It was very formative in our lives. And, you know, on that topic, we would love to know about a formative moment that came in your life. We call it on drama your Ring of Keys moment, which is, of course, is inspired by Fun Home the Musical. But instead of it being a moment of, like, identification in regards to, I like, romantic 
identity. It's more yeah. of your life in the arts and that right, moment right. when you realized I was born to perform or be in this business. Do you have a Ring of Keys moment you would be able to share with us? Yes, I do. So I was introduced to theater when I was seven um, down at the Jersey Shore. Um, and uh, we were doing Annie and I was cast as Annie and I had had no experience. Obviously, I was like, I, I was so little. But when we went to do the show, I remember being out on the stage, which was our back deck and everybody looking at me. And then there was this moment where I was the only one singing and everyone was looking at me. And for me, I had experienced um, like, like so much attention up until that point. Cause I was injured uh, in a car accident when I was two. And so like being a little kid in a wheelchair, there was a lot of attention and a lot of um, energy thrown at me and not always in the way that I wanted to be seen in the world. And for the first time being on stage, people were looking at me, but they weren't looking at me like they felt sorry for me. They were looking at me like they wanted to hear what I had to say. And it was a moment for me of like, I feel in power and I feel like myself. And I was like, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Oh, I have chills. That's so beautiful. I love that. So yeah. you, like sight unseen, were just cast, like offer only at seven years old for Annie. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Did you have a wig? The Annie wig. I did not have an Annie wig. Okay. Um, I wore a red sweater. I had bleached blonde hair, like down to my waist. Um, and I was like tan, 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 because it was like August. And, uh, my dad played Miss Hannigan and, uh, Inspired. Like, oh, yeah. And all the neighborhood kids were in the show and it was like, it changed my life. And the really fun piece to this is, so the person who introduced me to theater is Rachel Antonoff. Rachel Antonoff is... Jack Antonoff's older sister, Jack, is uh, a musician and the lead singer of Bleachers and was like, a part of fun. Wow. Rachel is now a fashion designer, and Rachel designed my dress that I wore to the Tonys. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I love that. That family has talent. That's yes. amazing. Jack also, he also famously dated Lena Dunham, yes. and he collaborates with Taylor Swift, like specifically on her 1989 album. Oh, yeah. Jack has a really incredible and deserved music career. He has worked, I mean, ever since I found Jack, I knew Jack when he was like eight or nine years old. He had a guitar in his hand. Always, always, always making music. And um, yeah, so we, we grew up together down at the beach in the summer. What town did you grow up in? Well, this was, down, this was um, in the summertime down okay. in, uh, on Long Beach Island. But then um, I grew up in Ridgewood, New Jersey. Okay, cool. Oh yeah, my goodness. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you were basically in like this, like Michael Arden esque production of Annie. Like, exactly. Exactly. You've gotten to work with some amazing directors over the years, mm -hmm. too. Um, mm -hmm. I want to know just like where Spring Awakening came from in your time. Um, yeah. the, the listeners of drama very much know that everyone who we have on here has some connection to Spring Awakening. Um, but I remember when I saw your name on that list for Deaf West's production, I was like, oh, like, this yeah. is great. I we know, know her. her. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Spring Awakening came into my life. I was living in Los Angeles and 
auditioned for the Deaf West uh, production. I did not know um, sign language. I knew the alphabet, but I went in and I auditioned and then I got called back and I had to do sign language to Purple Summer for the callback. And I fell in love with it. I fell in love with signing and singing and performing. And then I got cast and we did two versions of it in Los Angeles before it moved to the Brooks. And um, it changed my life. I mean, I had dreamt of being on Broadway for 20 something years. And, uh, and so, and, and to do it with Deaf West was just like, you know, when you feel like everything is coming like together at the perfect moment, it was like, oh, this is perfect. Like this is, this is the dream. And talk about a historical production. Such an amazing production. Thank you. You were great. Thank you. I loved we, it. Yeah, we love Spring Awakening in general. We saw it so many times on tour and we got to see it on Broadway once. And then getting to see it, that production, we came and saw it. And it was like seeing it for the first time all over again. Thank you. It was. It felt like a new show. Yeah, I, I thought that the sign language just literally like heightened all of the most vulnerable moments of the show. And that's what I'm always always looking for in the show is like, when can you, when do you feel the vulnerability of the story, these characters, the music? And I think that's what's so good about musical theater is that music heightens those moments and then the sign language took it to another level. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Wait, Connor. Now remind me, did you sign and speak at the same time? Yes, Yes, I did. Yes. Cause Anna has an iconic moment. Which one? <laughs> okay, so I feel like I'm just like telling you all my like favorite moments of like characters and things oh, you've done. But I think I know what you're talking about. You think I know? So it's at the end. It's a of, random moment, Allie. Let me just tell you. It's there's a random no reason why Connor is so attached <laughs> to this moment. Okay, so it's when it's before those you've known. So at the very end of the show. Okay. Spoiler alert! I know. And the girls are gathering around, and they got a note. <laughs> And they're, it's, and they're like, oh my God, they find out what happened to Venla. And so, I forget which of them says it, but she's like, oh, poor Melchior. And then Anna says, poor Venla. Oh my gosh. One of and, my favorite moments. <laughs> I, you too? I got so many notes on that line because I wanted to snark that line so bad. Like, poor Melchior, poor Venla. Like, I wanted to, and Michael was always like, you cannot do that. Like, you cannot lead us <laughs> with that amount of sass. But I love that line, and thank you for reminding me of it, and I'm going to text it to Michael after we get out. <laughs> oh, my God. You must. So how did you deliver it? Did you do it, like, more like more sympathetic? Like, yeah. Were you well, like, I, I, yeah, I had to play it very wow. honestly. <laughs> Honestly, because we saw we saw a production of it where the reason it's iconic to us is because we saw it once where the actress playing Anna went, "Poor Vendla." <laughs> we were like, we were like, like "Oh!" <laughs> <laughs> it, it, I have to say, it did take us out of the moment. We were like, "Oh my god!" Exactly, exactly. Um, you can't mm-hmm. be taken out yeah. by that moment, but the writing there is just like, "Oh shit!" I know. <laughs> it's so is. funny. It really is. Well, I loved that production, and you were fabulous, Thank you. and. Uh, I wish I had lasted longer. Me too. Me too. But I also the good things never last that yeah, long. Yeah, and do also they? like it was just the timing of all that was so beautiful. It was just mm-hmm. like such a great experience. 
Oh, yeah. Well, we're kind of coming towards the end because, you know, you're booked and busy, even in quarantine. (laughs) And we do like to end our episodes with what we call a dose of drama. And so this is just sort of like that moment when you want to just share something that's been maybe going on in the world, get something off your chest. Um, Kind of do you have any examples you want to share or do you want to just jump right into it? I'll just jump yeah. right in because I have one that's topical in a way, because as we're, as I was thinking about Allie and her career, I realized that we have something in common and that I too was in a production of Oklahoma once. <laughs> and I was, I played the role of Will Parker. And I remember, Oh my God, I used to have this joke where, cause he's like the way I played it. He was like, very like, like aw shucks, cute, like straight, guy like there wasn't really much else to the my portrayal of it at 16 years old but um I remember like I had this joke in college where I would tell people I was like yeah and I played like the straight romantic lead and then I'd be like last time that ever happened (laughs) and and I I thought it was like the funniest joke ever like I was like I thought I was literally a comedian um but no my my dose of drama has to do with Oklahoma in that I was thinking about my experience in the show and I had my first kiss in Oklahoma on stage and the drama is she definitely did not want to kiss me (laughs) (laughs) I mean love her we were really close friends and she had a boyfriend at the time and I remember like knowing I was gay and like being close friends with her and her boyfriend and like it was always like oh when are you guys gonna finally kiss when are you gonna test out the kiss and like we truly waited I think until like the very end which everyone's like no you don't wait until the actual performance to do the first real kiss but we did, and it was <laughs> horrifying. And it was, it was my as first awkward as it could possibly be. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's oh, I, was, I was also in that production of Oklahoma. I, I played yes, a gay were. Judd Fry. <laughs> oh I don't think Judd knew he was gay, though. Yours no, didn't. I didn't. But I, I mean, I knew. That's all that matters. I feel like Judd's bi. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, for sure. Um, that is amazing that the two of you were both in Oklahoma playing mm-hmm. Will and Judd. Yes. And I Judd. mean, that's like, that's, that's, that's everything. I love that. Dylan, I think Dylan wore a ratty right? black wig. I look unrecognized. My grandmother, Grandmother Martha, rest in peace. She didn't even recognize me when I came out on stage. She said it in her mission to my dad. I thought you said both the boys were in this. Because <laughs> oh. I did like a deep southern voice, you know, it was my, it was a delve into some character acting there. But um, that is really it. funny. That's it really, was a good really time. Good. Um, I love a wig. Got it. Well, we so, love wigs. So I, I will share a dose of drama with you. Yes, please. So one night in Oklahoma, I was out on stage during a Farmer in the Cabin. And it was probably like 250 shows in. And um, there was a cross after the first sort of dance part where Will Parker is holding my hand and pulls me across the stage. And all of a sudden, I feel myself flying out of my wheelchair (laughs) and onto the okay so i so like the adrenaline was out of control because everyone's dancing around us so will starts to pick me up like underneath my armpits to get me back in my chair and my chair starts to roll away oh my god 
of Allie course. Hackam comes over, gets the wheelchair, holds it. Will Parker puts me back in my chair, and we keep doing the dance. That is Broadway magic drama. Magic. It was also, I felt like my heart was in my throat. Um, I was like, oh, yeah. I was like breathing in a way that I've never breathed before. I, <laughs> Were you injured at all or? Not a scratch. Thank goodness. Um, I got off Thank stage. Goodness. Stage management's like all standing there. They're like, are you okay? Do we need you? Like, is, is, because Will Parker's still out on stage because he has a scene right after. Mm. And so is Allie Hagum. So I couldn't even talk to them about it. Anyway, it all turned out <laughs> fine and I was fine, but it scared me to death. <laughs> and I, I, to oh, be in the sorry. audience and to see that. Oh, oh my god. Yeah. I mean that's like that is that is pretty oh. insane. I feel like <laughs> being in that production I feel like would have been a really vulnerable experience in general because everyone does see everything. Yes, exactly. And you see the audience see everything. Mm. <laughs> really I hard. remember Mary Testa like at the auction scene, like someone's phone went off and she was like turn it off and, and you could yes. hear a pin drop it was an amazing moment yes yes oh. yes 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 yeah she was iconic when she did that we were like we were tagged oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> oh my god no i mean it was it was full it was and you know you're just like on top of each other you just like can't not you can't not be a part of all of it oh yeah well, you were absolutely brilliant in that Thank production. You, I just, I remember just being blown away. And, you know, you were talking about your casting experience earlier and how you had a callback. To think they even considered anybody else for the role, it seems absurd at this point because you, I mean, it was just, you were brilliant. Absolutely phenomenal. Thank you, Dan. Well, I'm just so, I yes. am so, 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 it's so fun to talk about it with people like you guys because you're just so, you, you can tell you just love it so much. And it makes me happy that you do this podcast because it really does bring a lot of joy and it connects you to like, I don't know, you guys just like connect me to like the way that I used to laugh about theater, like in high school. <laughs> you're just like, oh, I love so that. Thank yes. you. Thank you so much for this. <laughs> we will never be jaded. We, we just, we will always be true fans and Aww. love it even while working in it. And we can't thank you enough for your time Aww, today. You. It means the thank world. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Oh, yes. You're a doll. And you're, you, you made history on our podcast yes. because you're the first Tony winner we've ever had on. Uh -huh. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad that I am here and talking with you guys. Most importantly, that you guys are doing this because I think people really can use it right now. Oh, thank you so much. And everyone can find you at Allie Stroker, one L and Allie. And we'll include all of that information when the episode comes out. And you can follow at The Drama Podcast if you haven't already. I hope all of Allie's fans and friends do. And Connor, we'll see you next time. Drama! Drama.